John 2, and this is really Jesus uh, turning the water to wine. I'm not a drinker. I don't drink. Uh, uh, so I, I, I think uh, drinking and alcohol can cause lots of problems in, in, in people's lives. Amen. And so and if, if, if you're not careful, it can control you instead of you controlling it. So I'm not, I, I don't drink. I mean, I drink, I, I drink, you know, Jesus said, they who are thirsty come, uh, come to God. And I drink from the Lord. Amen. In other words, I get in God's presence. And the Holy Spirit's presence will give me the joy and the peace. I don't need an alcoholic drink to give me peace or joy. Amen. But I'm going to say this, that, that his first miracle. And I remember one time that I was uh, in, in church and I was a new believer. And uh, I, I wanted to know because I was so curious, why did Jesus turn water to wine? And I was in a class uh, learning about being a, a, a Christian, and uh, it, it was called First Principles class, and, and it, it was a new beginner's class, new Christian's class. And I asked the lady, I said, I said uh, Jesus turned water to wine. I said, that was his first miracle. Is it okay to drink wine? And I remember that guy that brought me to the class was like, wow, man, you're bold. And I was just, I wanted to know, because I'm just a young, dumb Christian. And so, and, and a lady could not answer me. So she must have been a wine drinker. No, I won't go there. But, uh, but, but, but later on, God gave me a revelation of this. Now, this is just a side note. I'm not going to charge you for this this morning. But, but the Holy Spirit revealed to me why Jesus turned water to wine. Why did he do that miracle? Because, you know, it, it seems like it was such an, you know, it's, it's, you know, it was at a wedding. And what was the big deal about the, the wine in a wedding? And uh, you got to understand Jewish customs and all that. And, and that they, that their, their big deal was more not on the ceremony, but on the reception. And their receptions could, could last up to seven days. Can you imagine? Boy, I, I thought a marriage, you know, is expensive today, just one day. Think about seven days of feeding people. I, I couldn't think about that. But anyway, and, uh, and, so, and so, so really, as I read this one day, the Holy Spirit revealed to me the truth of it. And, 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 and let's look at John 2 and 1 through 11. I'm just going to read this. It says, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And it's interesting, nothing is put in the Bible by happenstance. And notice it says on the third day. What happens on the third day? Jesus was raised from the dead. Think about that. Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day. In other words, it's the, the, the number three means resurrection power. It means resurrection. It, 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 it's, it's on the third day Jesus was raised. So, so let's, let's just continue. On the third day there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, they had a problem. The mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And so when you read this off and you see this, because when you read further down, you find out Jesus did a miracle. Why would he say that's not my time to do a miracle? Why would he say it that way if he did a miracle? Have you ever thought about that? See, sometimes when you read scriptures, you have to kind of question, why, why is this going on? And as I was reading this, uh, the, 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 the wine 
uh, is, is a symbol also of the Holy Spirit. And so wine can be re a representation of the Holy Spirit or the wine can be representation of the blood of Jesus. Would you agree or not? And so, and so wine can be a symbolization of the, the new wine of the Holy Spirit. Do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Are you hear what I'm saying? So the Holy Spirit, really, when you're walking with God, you should have some joy in your life. Amen. You should have some peace in your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? You should have a, a jump in your, you should be doing the bunny hop like I do. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? You should be, whoo, glory to God, I'm saved and sanctified. I'm on my way to heaven. Glory to God. And so, and so the wine represents that. And so when Jesus heard they have the wine, you got to understand why Jesus was here. See, Jesus came to this earth, and I've ministered on this on Christmas Day, but Jesus came to the earth to pay for man's sins. He came to undo the works of the evil one, to set man free. But he also came to send the Holy Spirit. Because it's, he said, it's expedient that I go. Because he kept saying to his disciples, I'm going to be leaving you. I'm going soon. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to be going back to the Father. I'm going to be leaving you. But he said, it's expedient that I go. And he said, why? Because if I don't go, I cannot send you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to live this Christian life if we're yielding to the Holy Spirit and not to the flesh. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? And so the Holy Spirit it, it empowers us. And so the, one of the main reasons, not only to pay and redeem mankind from their sins so that we can have a relationship with God, but so that we can have the Holy Spirit abiding on the inside of us. Isn't that wonderful? It's, that's why you're not alone today. You have the Holy Ghost. I, I knew one guy that was in our church, and he would, he would make a trip. He said, and he was a single guy. He said, well, we're going to be going on a trip tomorrow. And he, he always used the we. <laughs> and I was like, what? It sounds kind of weird. A we. And, and I understood now. He was talking about him and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he, was getting a he had a revelation that it wasn't just him. It was him and the Holy Spirit. You never travel alone. You either have the Holy Spirit or the devil. You better get rid of the devil. You better not be traveling with the devil because he'll, he'll, he'll travel you down the primrose path of destruction in a heartbeat. Are you listening? So, so he said here, what, he, what Jesus was thinking here was, woman, it is not my time because every time in the scriptures that, that, uh, that uh, the enemy would try to, you know, they would try to kill Jesus, the Pharisees, you know, Jesus would say, it's not my time. It's not my time. It was always referring to him going. You, you ever heard somebody that, that got in a car accident and they survived it? And some people say it wasn't his time. So when he said, it's not my time, it was referring to going to the crosses, pour out the Holy Spirit. It's not my time to give you the new wine. But what I will do, I will give you a substitute until it's my time to give you the new wine. What's the substitute? The Holy Spirit is a better substitute. Are you, it's the real deal. Like Vander Holyfield. It's the real deal. Jesus is the real deal. Amen. And he has no additives. Amen. And he's pure, glory to God. 
And it says here, so, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, do something. And, and he said, when would I have to do? My time has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were, set, there were six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 to 30 gallons apiece. So these were these pots, think about it, that contained 20 to 30 gallons of water. And that's a lot of water. And they had to fill these six pots up. And do, and do you know, I, I, I'm not trying to get you into numerology or biblical numerology, but numbers mean things in the Bible. And the number six means something. The number six actually stands for man. Number six stands for man. And so there were six pots. Think about this. Number six stands for man. And he said, fill them with water. The Holy Spirit is another representation of the Holy Spirit is water. Another symbolization. Fill man with the Holy Spirit. Fill these pots with the Holy Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Now take out the water. I won't read the rest. He said now, he told the servants, go take the water. Take it to the headmaster. And he tasted that water that turned from water to wine. And the headmaster said, normally, normally in Jewish customs, you serve the good wine first. And then after everybody got tipsy, then you serve the trash or the, or the worst wine. You serve the cheap stuff. But, but, but what he said, you chose to serve the best to last. What does that mean? That means that Jesus did his first miracle at a wedding. What does a wedding represent? A covenant between man and woman. He was at a wedding. What is Jesus? Jesus is called the, uh, Jesus called the groom. We're called the bride of Christ. Jesus is coming to make covenant with us through his blood. The wedding symbolizes a covenant between man and woman through a relationship. Amen. And, and, the, and the, the wine represents the blood of Jesus in the new covenant. And when he said, you chose to serve the best to last, in Hebrews it said that the better covenant is the new covenant. It's much better than the old covenant. So God chose the new covenant as the last covenant as a better covenant. Come on. Come on. God, we're getting deep in here today. We're getting deep in here today. Are you listening to me? And how did I get all that? I figured it out. No, the Holy Spirit dropped it down in my spirit in a millisecond. I didn't try to get the Greek and the Hebrew and figure it all out. It wasn't because I'm that smart. It's because he's that smart. And he will make you look smart. And the devil will make you look dumb as a box of rocks if you listen to his suggestions and go his way. But if you listen to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will make you look like a genius. Hopefully he's making me look like a genius. But anyway. So let's say this, that, that the Jewish wedding, and uh, it, was, it was an awesome time. And the ceremony was a big deal. And the wine was a big deal as well in that ceremony. That was like... That, that, that was the important part of the ceremony was the wine. And, 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 and in the Jew, there's a Jewish saying, uh, where there's no wine, there's no joy. And that was back then. Well, they didn't have the Holy Spirit abiding in them. With the Holy Spirit, there's joy. So we don't have to go with that. But, 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 but back then, they had wine that represented joy. And when, I guess in the custom, when they ran out of wine, it, it said that there, it might be saying that there might not be no joy in the marriage. 
And I'm going to say this to you today. Maybe your marriage is a little strained today. Maybe, maybe your, your job situation is not that good. Maybe you're dealing with some physical ailments. And maybe you're, you've been fighting through some stress. But I'm going to say this. Allow God's joy to break through that stress. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? Let's talk about some keys here, uh, how to receive your miracle. Before we can receive a miracle, we need to identify there's a problem. First of all, how many people want a problem in here? <laughs> how many people are signing up for problems? Nobody wants to be, have a problem. But for you to qualify or to receive a miracle, you got to have a problem. Or you got to have a desire. For something more than what you got. Either you got a problem or you got a desire for something more than what you've got. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so problems aren't bad. Problems can be good if they turn you to Jesus. If they turn you focusing on God. But if they turn you to other things and turn you from running from the problem, then, that, then that's not going to help. But we got to turn it out. So, so, so we need a, you know, in the problem, they identified they had no wine. But, but we need a caution. I want to give you a little caution here. When, when, you, when you have the problem, don't focus just on the problem. Because one of, the, one of the things that the enemy will want to do, he wants us to get us to focus more on the problem than on the solution. Yes, there might be a problem, but Jesus is our solution. And we don't want to focus on the problem. We don't want to just pray the problem. No, we may talk to God about the problem, but we better start praying the promise. If we want to see a miracle in our life, we better start speaking some promise. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So speak the promise. In other words, focus on God's word. Number two, oh, do what Jesus, you know, one of the things that Mary said, uh, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. Uh, you know, number two for the key for a miracle, a lot of times a miracle requires following God's word or his instructions. Hello. Listen, if you want a miracle breakthrough, I, I wasn't going to hit on this, but if you want a miracle, how many people want a financial miracle breakthrough? Yeah. Start tithing. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Start giving offerings. What? Pastor? Well, the Bible says, test me. See if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot get. What's the prerequisite of, 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 of an open heaven of finances, a financial blessing? Tithing and giving offerings. Pastor, but I, I want the blessing without, without following the instruction. Well, uh, I don't know if it works that way. You've got to follow the instruction. God has, you know, I've been a tither. I tithe everything that comes in. I tithe on everything. Every blessing that God gives me, I figure it out and I tithe back and give offerings. Why? Because, and I remember I was saying to my wife, well, this is a lot of money that we give God. And, 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 God, and, and my wife said, well, well um, the tithe belongs to God. I said, oh, yeah, that's right. It's his. It's not mine. It's, when you start figuring out the tithe is the Lord's, it's going to be easy for you to tithe. Because it belongs to him. Woo, man, I didn't think I was going to go on that today. But, but listen, do what Jesus tells you to do. Sometimes, get, get, uh, sometimes to get our miracle, God will tell us to do things that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to give, you know, a tithe when you're barely making it now. It's quiet in this church today. Man, 
It does, but when God tells you to do something that doesn't make sense, he can open the doors of blessing in your life. Amen. I, I was in debt. God gave Yin and I an opportunity. And I'm telling you, we got a $20,000 blessing out of that opportunity to pay, down, pay off some credit cards. I don't know if it would have opened up if we weren't tithers and givers. Okay, well, we'll continue. <laughs> Pat, you're a pastor. That's why all these good things happen. No, no, listen. The good things can happen to you too. If, if good things are happening to me, it's because I'm following instructions. Follow the, what, what does the Bible mean? Basic instructions before leaving earth. Bible, B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. Basic instructions. You know, just follow the Bible. That's all I'm trying to get you guys to do. I would love to see God create millionaires in this church. Why? So you can give into the kingdom of God. Why do I want to make more? I want to give into the kingdom. I want, my, one of my goals is to give a million dollars into the kingdom of God. I wrote that in my 20s when I was saying, I want to give a million dollars into the kingdom of God. And I believe that God's going to open the doors for me to stroke a check of a million dollars. Glory to God. For the kingdom. Somebody say, for the kingdom. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so we need, we need to understand this, that God may tell you to do something crazy out of the box. Why? Because he wants to get a blessing to you. He, listen, i got to have God's super on my natural. i, I got to have his grace in my life. And I need his grace on my finances. I need his grace on my health. I need his grace on my stuff. I need his grace. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I, it says in Isaiah 55, it says in verses 8 and 9, New Living Translation, it says, my thoughts are, are, are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God's ways are higher. God's ways are, are, are better than our ways. You know, we, we need to get a revelation of that that, that, that he may tell us to do something out of the box. It was out of the box for, for, um, for God. I'm going to say this. Jesus, a lot of times when he healed people, he, he, didn't, do, he didn't do it all the same way. You know, a lot of people think, well, he healed people by laying hands on them. And that was a predominant way he healed people. He healed people by speaking the word of God. But he also did some really unusual things. He, you know, I, I could imagine there was this blind man and his friend said, I've seen Jesus healed. And Jesus, what he does, he lays his hands on you. And you're going to see. That's what he did to the last blind man. And he's going to do that. And then he brings, he brings uh, the blind man to Jesus. And Jesus goes ahead and looks at the man, picks up some dirt spits on it, rubs it on his eyes, and says, go wash in the pool of Shalom. And, and, and his friend probably said, ah, I didn't know he was going to do it that way. In other words, God can work a miracle a number of different ways by giving you an instruction. You following a instruction can provide a miracle in your life. What was the instruction for that man? Go in a pool and wash in the pool of Shalom. You go, listen, if he didn't wash that mud off, if he just wiped it off and got mad at Jesus, you spit on my eyes and put mud. You know what I believe? Some say, why did Jesus do it that way? I, I have a philosophical answer for you. I don't know. I don't know why he spit on the mud. 
But I, I, I could probably assume, I assume that God created mankind out of the dust of the world and, 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 and he, he formed man out of the dust and maybe the man needed a creative miracle and maybe the mud was able to make him new eyes. I, boy, I, you know, and maybe he needed to do that to cause his eyes to be new. And he made a creative miracle out of the mud. That's better than I don't know. But anyway, I couldn't just imagine. And number three, we need, if we're going to get a miracle in our life, if we're going to be a miracle, we need to focus on, on what God wants you to do and not what God wants to do for you. Uh, let me say it again. Focus on what God wants to do in you, not what God wants to do for you. See, I'm going to say this. In the process of our miracle, God, and in a... Anybody waiting for a miracle in here? Anybody waiting for an answer to prayer? In the process of you waiting for a miracle, God wants to do something on the inside of you. In other words, maybe he's trying to work some change in your personality. Maybe your personality needs a change. Maybe you need to learn to walk in some patience. Maybe you're so impatient and you want it now. And you have microwave faith. And you want God to answer now. But listen, when you get everything now, you become a spoiled brat. And you think you're all entitled. When God answers you now, you're an entitled man. You're the entitled guy. And then when God doesn't answer it right, it's lickly split, serving you the way you think. You think, what's wrong with God? Nothing. God's more interested in you changing than, you, than, than, than him, him changing you than you changing him. Last time I looked at my Bible, we're the servants and he's the master. Ooh, glory to God, you're preaching. So, so I, I really believe this. In the process of us believing God for a miracle, God wants to change us so that we can handle the miracle he gives us. And a lot of times we're asking God for big things, but we're not ready to receive those big things yet. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And it says in 1 Peter 1, 6 and 9, it says, In this you greatly rejoice, through now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to the praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom have not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believe you rejoice with joy, inexpressibly, full of glory, receiving at the end the salvation of your souls. What is he saying here? He's saying that we're going to be distressed by trials. There are going to be things that we're going to be going through that we're not going to like. There's going to be issues that we're believing God for and we haven't seen. But God, but, but here Peter is saying that, that there's a process and when you go through the process, even though you're being tested, your faith is being tested, you're going to come out rejoicing at the end of your faith because all the promises are yes and amen. You will receive it. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? God's more interested in making you into something than getting you something at times. And you start coming to a place where you learn how to walk. Listen, you learn how to walk in the rest and the peace of God no matter what's going on. I'm telling you, the devil has no handles. The devil can't control you. The devil won't be able to manipulate you because you're standing in truth, walking in victory, being led by the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Focus on what God's doing in you and not what God is doing for you. Number four, believe. If you're going to walk in a miracle, believe the unbelievable. I like what one person said. This minister said, if you're, you're, if you're not using your faith for the impossible, you're not using your faith. Oh. Oh, if you're not using your faith, can I say it again? You can tweet this for the impossible. You're not using your faith. Ooh. Will you listen to what I'm saying to you today? In other words, our faith has to go to the next level. We need to believe the unbelievable. In John 11, 38 and 40, you know, Jesus comes to the grave site of Lazarus, and he was already dead four days in the grave. And Jesus already said to Martha and Mary that was upset about their brother dying and, and, and being in the tomb, felt like Jesus could have, could have stopped that if he got there in time, that Jesus could have healed Lazarus. But Jesus, there was a better plan. And God had a better plan. Instead of healing him, he's going to raise him. See, God may not deliver you, uh, 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 he may not deliver you from the fire, but he may deliver you through the fire. Are oh, you listening to what I'm saying to you? Faith is like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego when, when, they, when, the, when, the, uh, when King Nebuchadnezzar said, if you don't bow, you're going to burn. And they said, rather God delivers us from it or through it, we will never bow. They were walking in faith. They believed there were either way, they're going through it. On the other side. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So we got to believe that. And so Jesus said it this way. Uh, to, to, uh, Jesus uh, said in 11, 38, 40, Then Jesus again groaning himself came to the tomb. It was a cave and the stone laid against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him, was dead. Martha, uh, him, who was was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said, you know what was a stench? Her faith. Her faith stunketh. Her, she didn't have the faith to believe that Jesus could do the impossible. But Jesus said, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? So what did they do? They followed an instruction. They removed the stone, and Jesus raised him from the dead. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? If we, just, if we just believe the unbelievable. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to them who believe. I'm talking about walking in miracles. I'm closing down. The, the fifth key is that you have to, when you're in the process of believing, when you're in the process, of, you haven't seen it. The enemy's trying to get you weary. The enemy's trying to get you tired. The enemy wants you to throw in the towel and quit and say it's not worth it. I'm saying this day, the fifth key for you to walk in a miracle is you got to keep your switch of faith turned on. You gotta keep expecting no matter what it looks like. You gotta keep your expectation up. You how do you do that, Pastor? You praise God every day that God is doing something. You get his promises, you speak them to God, you say, Thank God, by your stripes I'm healed. Today I'm walking out of pain. Today I'm walking out of suffering. Today I'm walking out of debt. Today I'm walking out of these things because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Keep the switch of faith. Look at your neighbor and say, keep the switch of faith turned on. 
When your hands are laid on you for healing, you believe that the power in you, if you don't feel nothing. The Bible says if the hands are laid on you in faith, that the, 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 the faith uh, 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 of the word of God will heal the sick and, and they will recover. So you just say, thank God I'm recovering because the power, I may not have felt anything, but the word of God is more true than my feelings. And you start thanking God. I've heard people get miracle healings by thanking God. And the Bible said, Jesus said, as they went, they were healed. That's a process. You keep believing until it's consummated, until it comes to pass. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 1030 a.m. Nurseries and Children's Church provided. This broadcast is made possible by the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.